0: Welcome to the Sundays at Cafe Tobacco Podcast. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride, Wanda. Happy Pride, Karen. Hi, I'm Karen Song. And I'm Wanda Acosta.
1: And we're the filmmakers of the documentary film project of the same name that's still in progress. And for our third episode, my co-host for this podcast and the director-producer of our documentary film, Karen Song, will be sharing her coming out story. Hey, Karen. How are you doing today? Hey, Wanda. I'm I'm as good as can be. So, we have just come out of a super active month of June that normally is filled with a myriad of Pride events and celebrations. But this year, due to the worldwide COVID pandemic, many of those events were canceled, including mine. And those that did happen were virtual on Zoom, on Instagram Live, on Facebook, on Twitch. There were so many, so many events. But it was also incredibly amazing to see that many of our LGBTQ voices joined forces on the streets with the Black Lives Matter movement in acknowledging the fight, the resistance and importance of maintaining equality, dignity and respect as well as visibility in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, we also recognize that coming out is a privilege that is not afforded to everyone Coming out is not a singular experience. There may be cultural restraints, familiar pressures, unsupportive homes, religious condemnations. We're very fortunate to live in a big city with a diverse community and social acceptance. There are many countries with prison and death sentences if you choose to live your life freely. And clearly there is still a lot of work to do in support of the LGBTQ plus community.
0: Yeah. You know, I have to say one of the things that was so incredible about hearing other people's coming out stories in the process of doing our film was like everyone had something that I could connect to. And so when I think about my own coming out story, I think like, uh, like, uh, I don't think it's that much of a big deal. Like, you know, it, it was okay. It's fine. But I know that there might be something that an element of it about my relationship to my family or the hardships maybe my family came through like the specificities of like what it is to come out in your own culture or 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 just even qualities of parents or qualities of family or the conditions in which you came out i think if someone can relate to it and feel like oh i'm not the only one i, I think that it can be something that is can be empowering yeah in knowing that there's a community out, out there of other people who you know you're not like Having these experiences alone also has to do with this idea of what we know as the hero's journey, right? Like in terms of storytelling, the idea that we have this this journey we take, and then we have to kind of like confront this thing, and it takes us to the deepest essence of who we are and the challenges of our like soul of our psyche. And that when we can overcome that, we come into light, we come into strength, we come into this other understanding of our existence. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's why it never tires to hear people's coming out stories, because it really feels like that, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. Now let's hear Karen Song's coming out story.
0: Now let me preface by saying, for a long time, I didn't feel it was necessary for me to come out. Um, in that kind of like coming out way, right? Like I always figured, like I I never wanted to lie, so I always said if somebody wanted to know and they asked me, I would never lie, and that I never lived my life as a lie, right? I just live very freely in my life in New York, and you know amongst my friends and my community, and I never uh, was in the closet. And also, I I also considered myself fluid. I mean, that's kind of a term that that is now a thing. But back then, the word bisexual was just like, uh, it's not something I identified with. And I like to imagine I'm like a free spirit and wasn't really interested in labels and just felt very confining. It never really spoke to how I felt my relationships with individuals were. And I always saw sexuality as an extension of how I approached even race and gender. It's the person. It just It felt confining. And the idea of coming out, like I just felt like I was out. I didn't need to come out. I felt very in ownership of who I was. When I first felt like I needed to. Come out, you know, of course it, it really had to do with my family. And that happened with my first heartbreak, my first girlfriend. And, you know, first loves, it's just like heart wrenching and it's everything. And you just feel like your world is crumbling. (laughs) So I basically came out to my mom because I just needed my mommy, you know, like it was just, um, I had to tell her in order to be, to be consoled. And it was. Really easy. My mom had no problems with it and she was really beautiful about it. And I think the need for being consoled, um, outweighed any fear I might have had. But my mom also is just all loving. Like I knew that that there would be no consequence with her. But funny enough, subsequently, like just kind of like forget sometimes and just in this cloud of denial and I feel like I'm constantly having to come out again and again to her like she doesn't really believe it. And then it's problematic when I do date a boy here and there and then she's so happy about that like you see it was just a phase and and also because she's got this whole religion thing. And so even when she does accept me, I feel like deep in her heart she still believes it's a sin. So she would rather it not be, but she's accepted it and she'll love me unconditionally no matter what. Um, and funny enough, her sister, who is a, a, a nun has accepted me without condition. She didn't never even like skipped the beat. I introduced her my girlfriend, accepted her, loved her. It's just, you know, there's no problem. And I would always point to her, whatever my mom would in these cringy moments, but God, this and that. And I'm like, mom, your own sister, she's a nun. I don't understand why you can't accept it when your own sister can accept it. And she's a nun. And she was really beautiful at first, the way she told the few people that she um, confided in. She expressed it really beautifully. So it was really surprising when it just kept going back and forth. My dad was, I never felt like I needed to come out to him because classic Asian family, and I don't know if this is true with all Asians and maybe this is just the Korean thing, but we never really talked about relationships. Talking about sex is just like way too cringy. And, you know, I don't know if it's this Confucius society thing. We just didn't talk about stuff like that. Like I never talked about relationships with my parents coming up and they never really talked about their relationship either. It was almost like those things don't exist. And I think there's other history, or my dad specifically. You know, he struggled a lot since he was a child. We're talking about wartime and post war, third world destitution, being hungry, the despair of not knowing where your next meal is coming from, not knowing what your future will hold. And, you know, my dad lost his mother when he was young, who kept the family together. He had a hard life. So nothing else mattered other than survival. There was no language, no space. Like, my dad doesn't even watch movies. Dramas mean nothing to him. The facts how do you survive? How do you make money? How do you provide for your family? Like that was that was everything. And so, like relationship, like toughen up. You know, if you have heartbreaks, what like what's the big deal? It was never even part of the vocabulary. It wasn't until I was in a, a long term relationship. You know, we were like building a future together and whatnot. And she always came home with me for the holidays, and my family always received her. And and I just felt like they knew. You know, my mom definitely knew. And my dad, I felt like, of course he knew, and they were very generous to her and very warm, but I had never articulated it. And I thought, well, they know, why do I need to articulate it? And she really made kind of, it was like a real like point of contention. Um, for her, it meant that I couldn't face the reality that she existed in my life. And so it was weighing on me and, and I understood and I understood. And I, so I knew I had to come out and, when I decided, that's when it was really hard because I realized that there was this like wall, 10 foot deep, tall brick wall that was impenetrable, that was there that I had never known was there. And I had to really figure out what that was. And I have to tell you, you know, and I'm forever grateful to now that ex for the opportunity to come out and to have that process and that journey in my life, because it is one of the most incredible experiences of my life. I'll never forget it, and it's really a defining moment for me. Several times I wanted to come out to my dad. We'd be sitting together alone, and, okay, now's my chance. I could tell him, and I literally, it was like something had cut my tongue off, and I could not, and the fear and panic, and I don't even know what it was. I I just couldn't the sweats, like I I couldn't get myself to say the the words. And I didn't know why, because I feel like I have no problems with confrontation in general. And it kept happening several times. And it was really frustrating. And one of the things that I realized, it was just that my dad means so much to me. And, you know, we have a, a very intense relationship. You know, I'm a daddy's girl. Any kind of blemish in terms of his approval or even the feeling that he might love me, even just a little less was like terrifying. And I just felt like I was disappointing her. And I felt like I was, I just didn't understand why I couldn't overcome this thing. And then I remember it was like around the Christmas holiday season. I was somewhere in Midtown Manhattan. I was around Macy's Herald Square. And I remember all the throngs of people coming out to the streets because work had let out. And everyone was like coming out of the department stores and there was this like festive feeling in the air and it was almost Christmas. And, and I just felt like, like this parallel universe was happening. All these people were out here doing this thing. And I felt like this alien amongst them because I was consumed by this feeling and panic and, and these thoughts. And I remember walking up a block up, I think it was 7th Avenue. I was like, I need to do it right now. Like, I always thought I want to sit with my dad, tell him face to face. And I was like, if I don't do this right this moment, it, I'm never going to, I like, I have somehow the, there's a courage or there's something in me right now that needs to do this. I need to do this even if it's over the phone. So, and my, my dad also never answers the phone. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. I have to just at least try. So I ducked into... One of the, you know, midtown building, office buildings had this beautiful art deco kind of entrance. There was a Starbucks connected there. And I just ducked into that entrance and I could see everyone in Starbucks and all the people who were coming out of the office and the elevators were walking past me. And I was in the corridor there hiding behind like the door that opened to the street. And I called my dad and shockingly he answered. And I just said, dad, I just want to tell you um you know that you know and i i named my now ex and i said she's my girlfriend and i'm gay and i you know i could not stop crying and i just threw the tears and everything i was just like dad and i like i heard myself say these things i said dad i have such a good life you don't have to worry about me i have such an incredible community my friends are amazing my friends are like amazing My community is so amazing. My girlfriend is amazing. Her family accepts me. They're so good to me. Um, Like, I, I I, I found myself kind of crafting it in a way that I didn't want him to worry about me and to reassure him that, like, my life was okay. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I just think about, like, whether I was thinking in terms of the way he, his hardships growing up and thinking, like, I don't want him to be afraid for me that this would be something that is such a hard life because he doesn't know what it's like. I I feel so blessed with my community. You know, like I feel like we have such an amazing life, you know, (laughs) creative, cultured, smart people. Like, and, and he was just quiet and he listened and he listened. And the first words that he, that came out of his mouth was, I love you. And it was out of body. And I just remember, just like, whatever. We finished the call and I hung up and I broke down. And it was, like you said, so liberating. I didn't realize it was such a thing. It was my Mount Olympus and that I had to go over. And it was the first time between my parents and I that we we acknowledged this idea that I'd grown up. I felt like it was, I mean, it was late, of course, but it just felt like a rite of passage. Like, finally, this acknowledgement, this verbal and, like, you know, for the most part, face to face acknowledgement. It acknowledged my sexuality. It acknowledged me as, as a grown up and an acknowledgement of who I was. That, like, I'm here. I am claiming my place in the world, in existence. And it just felt like I, f- I was flying after that. And, you know, I remember thinking, So many of the rites of passage that we have have been either dismantled or don't exist anymore. And what does that mean when we don't have a rite of passage to acknowledge, to verbally say, I'm here or here I am? Having that ritual, I think the ritual of it is important because it, it makes you say it. You have an audience. You have this idea of family or community affirm that. There's something really powerful about that. And I'm forever grateful for that that opportunity and that journey that I had to take to get over. And now I don't even have to think twice. Before it was like, I didn't lie, but I didn't really say, you know, I kind of said my girlfriend, but I knew my dad was always like, uh, girlfriend. It was just always like these confusing moments. He kind of knew, but didn't know. And my mom told me that he called her after and and he was crying, but he never expressed that with me. And I think I, I seem to remember he said something that, acknowledge the fact that he always kind of knew, but didn't. And I think that confusion is, is not something that is an easy feeling when you don't know. And to be able to confirm that, I think also helped him just to like, Get out of that cloud of these confusions. That is that your roommate? Oh, that she doesn't live with you. You know all these questions. Even now he has to term it like that, and I'm like, no, Dad, that's my girlfriend, and that's my roommate. <laughs> you know, like I have to very be very clear about that. And there's so many more things I could say about the story, but <laughs> I think that that was kind of like the gist of it. And um, so my parents, you know, recently they, you know, they met my current girlfriend, and they just adore her and it was sweet. And um, I'm really glad that we have that because, you know, my folks are getting older and my dad's health is not great. And who knows? And I'm just so grateful to be able to have these moments. We can all be together. And especially in these, this circumstance and <laughs> global pandemic moment that we're able to not have that hurdle to have to get through and that it's just Here's my girlfriend. She's from, you know, blah, 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 just to be able to introduce everyone, you know, and that was really nice to be able to just like sit in the backyard and just chat. So it's it's kind of funny when you see sometimes young people who are like fumbling about it. It's like, oh, I don't need to do this, and I don't need an identity, and I don't believe in da, da, da. All the things that I heard myself say when I was young, and I was like, oh, my God, I really sounded like that. <laughs> And then finally, you know, coming out and then being like, Wow, you don't know what you don't know until you're you're out on the other side. You know what I mean? Like you really don't know until you've gone through it. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Thank you for listening. For more, subscribe to Sundays at Cafe Toback the podcast. You can also learn more about us and our film at CafeTobackfilm.com and at Cafe Tobac film on social media.
0: Please share your thoughts there on social media. And if you have a coming out story you'd like to share for a possible feature here, reach out to us.